Hey guys, it's Derek Chai, and welcome to episode 11 of our podcast series. Today, we're going to talk about what we take, what year we take when we go traveling. But before we get started, I just want to let you know about the ways that we can get in touch, and that is via my email, which is derek at derekchaiphotography.com.au, or we can reach out to each other on social media, and I'd love to hear any feedback or comments you have about my show or just any questions or suggestions about future topics. So, yeah, please feel free to send me something. So on to today's show, we're going to talk about the gear I bring to travel. Now, there's obviously the major difference with me in terms of what gear I bring is the mode of transportation. Flying versus driving is a big difference because I think I feel like I'm in a position when I drive that I can bring more junk with me. And whether I use it or not, it's just because... You know, there's no weight restrictions, there's no, you know, unless you overpack, there's always room to shove stuff in your car. And, you know, with, with the car available, it just feels like you can just bring more stuff, basically. So, you know, if you're just going for a drive up to the coast or interstate or something, you can probably bring a lot more. But when I fly, especially with the vigorous regulations and weight limits on airlines and the fact that I will never, ever, ever carry any expensive camera gear in the checked baggage because you have no idea how rough they handle these. We get new suitcases and the brands making new and we buy them usually, we will, we tend to actually buy them at our destination because we usually buy too much junk and we don't have enough room to fit it in. And by the time we get home, scratched to a million pieces and imagine if your camera gear is in there you're going to have trouble one is that they may break and two is you're more likely to get your check-in baggage stolen or go missing than you are with your hand luggage I will put some non vital equipment in there I may put some chargers for example but I certainly wouldn't put any camera gear like lenses and camera bodies or and it's now illegal to check batteries in, so you don't do that. But I certainly wouldn't put hard drives or, or laptops or anything in the checked-in baggage. So you're pretty limited. Theoretically, most airlines give you about 7 kilos. And if you have any sort of reasonably decent amount of camera gear plus a laptop, which I always bring because you need to find, you need some way of getting the photos backed up and not stuck on all your memory cards. Seven kilos is pretty easy to exceed. Now, touch wood, I've never been busted in that. I've got so much gear that they wanted to weigh me as I as I board the plane. But that's always the fear that you have, and the threat of them asking you to check in some baggage or pay enormous amounts of money for to carry that as a penalty because you've exceeded the weight is something that doesn't appeal to me. So I try to travel light. But in part of my thing, you know, it depends where you're going. If you're going for an overseas trip of a lifetime, you've just got to bring your stuff because you don't want to get into a situation where you can't take a picture because you don't have the right equipment. At the very basic, you know, I obviously bring the important stuff like batteries, spare batteries, because you're not always guaranteed to be able to charge them when you need to. I always bring a lot of memory cards. I don't usually bring a tripod because that just feels like something heavy that I've got to carry around, especially when you're walking around. And a lot of places, 
don't let you use tripods anyway, so I tend not to bring one. I would bring almost certainly two camera bodies because I'm just paranoid that one of them is going to going to pack it in and you're not going to take any photos. Very rarely have I carried two bodies out at the same time, but if you're in a situation where you don't think it's appropriate to change your camera lens, then carrying two bodies out with you may be something that you should consider. Now, in terms of the lens selection, I tend to try and cover as much as I can, but I don't like to bring a lot of zoom, so that's what I'm going to talk about in the next part of this of this podcast. I think that anyone who knows me is pretty familiar with the fact that I go to Disney or not, and I have this go-to kit that I always take to Disney. It may be a little bit expensive, but this is what I do. I always bring my 16 to 30. These are full-frame lenses, by the way. Uh, I always bring my 16 to 35 2.8 because that's a really versatile lens for for when you need to, when you close and you can't pull away. And most of the other lenses become too tight in that situation. They're, it's great for landscapes because you get that 16 millimeter really sort of wide angle look. It's not your perfect lens for portrait, but sometimes it'll make do. I also bring my 85 fixed prime, and I either, depending on my mood, I either bring my 1.8 or my 1.4, and they're both Sony. One of them's a Zeiss, and the other one is a G Master, and they're beautiful lenses and they're magnificent portrait lenses, but sometimes it's not appropriate. So. With Disney, for example, I may take one lens out during the day and then I may swap lenses the next day or in a different session just to get a cross-section of shots. 85 is often too tight for restricted areas and you're not going to be able to get what you want with an 85, but it's it's my favorite. It's the best portrait lens ever, without a doubt. So I always bring that and I usually bring something around about the 50. But the 50 is a very good standard lens that you can carry around. It's it's, it's wide enough to to get you know food photos and just the little pieces of scenery. It has a pretty good general purpose lens. And the good thing about a 50, or people take it's usually a fast lens. So you're going to get a 50, which is either a 1.4 or 1.8, and that's good for low light and night photography, where you can afford to bump your ISO up a bit and shoot wide open and still get good exposures and good shutter, adequate shutter speeds without using a tripod, which as I said is something I don't bring on vacation with me unless I have a car. One indispensable accessory that I always bring, and a lot of people don't, and I don't see any reason why that should be the case, is I always bring a flash with me. I used to flash all the time, even during the day when I take pictures of people. I love using the flash because it adds that catch light. It helps get rid of shadows and patchy shade and it just brings out the person from the background and I know it's an extra thing to carry but I always 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 bring my speed light with me and I make sure that there are batteries for that as well you may not use it as much as you would as you think but high-speed sync is brilliant when you shoot with portrait lenses wide open in the middle of the day and it really helps get that face nicely lit without blowing out the background and you get that really beautiful portrait and I love using the combination of my 85 
with a flash or high speed thing during the day. So it's something I always bring with me. One of the other things is with if you have this much equipment, I'm insured, so I don't have to worry about the potential of breakage or theft on my equipment. If you're bringing sort of $5,000 or more worth of camera gear, you've got to be smart. You've got to be careful. Depending on where you are, you don't want to be in a situation where, you know, people are going to rob you and steal your stuff because there's nothing worse than that. And you can also get yourself into a lot of trouble. So one of the things is try not to be too flashy with your gear and sort of flaunt it around. You don't want to wear those camera straps that got Canon or Nikon written all over it. And just be just be a little bit sort of reserved with your gear and don't flash it around. I very rarely bring my big white lenses, you know, the 70 to 200, 2.8, things like that, because it draws attention to yourself. And they're bulky, they're heavy, and they're also expensive. And people know that you're kind of at least semi-pro when you've got lenses like that. So just my preference. I don't use, I don't think I'd use it enough to bring a 7200 overseas, but you never know. Some people may be shooting safaris or going to where you know you're going to lose or you're going to Africa or something like that, and you may want to bring big lenses, but that's a special consideration and it's something that you just need to, to decide when it's appropriate to do that. If you're going for an overseas holiday, should you buy any camera gear when you're overseas? Well, that's a difficult question to answer, really, because obviously we all want to get the best price that we can on our gear. But one of the things to consider, I think, is it depends on whether the savings is worth it, because a lot of camera manufacturers do not have international warranty. So if you buy a lens, a Canon lens from the US, and you actually live in Australia and your lens breaks, or is faulty, Canon Australia may not be prepared to fix this lens under warranty. And you've got yourself a pretty big problem there. So you either have to pay for the repairs or you have to ship it back to the US. And that can be more costly than just buying the lens here. Um, the other thing is I don't like to buy grey market imports because again of the warranty issue. Uh, even in Australia. If you do your shopping right and if you know what you're doing and if you know how to bargain a little bit, you often can get good prices in Australia when they're on sale and it may often be even cheaper than buying it overseas. So as a general rule, I don't buy really expensive photography of equipment overseas because of those issues. Um, no longer are there any issues with, you know, power and electrical conversion and stuff like that because all the adapters work fine you just need to buy a little $20 plug to change the, the power adapter to suit your country but yeah for those reasons I've mentioned I tend to not buy expensive equipment overseas unless we get a significant discount when the US dollar was a dollar and five cents that was fantastic and you could probably buy you know a top of the top of the the line camera body for two-thirds or a half of the price you can get to Australia and I certainly would consider that but if you're just saving 50 bucks or 100 bucks I probably wouldn't go to the effort I've never personally done that tourist refund scheme thing at the airport um, 
just because I'm not that organized and I get a little bit stressed when I go to the airport and I don't want to have to deal with something else but just bear in mind that if you do get the TRS and you take your camera overseas and then you bring it back in you may be liable for, to pay back the GST if you exceed the threshold for your allowance if they choose to to pursue that so you know it's probably it's not really worth it for me um, and I don't do it but that's up to you but that's a little snippet of what I do when I go traveling and I'm interested in hear about your thoughts and what sort of gear that you guys bring it's really it's a very individual thing as I said and there's no right or wrong answer it's just whatever works for you so until next time I'll catch you later remember just to go out and do lots of shooting no regrets in life is my motto and just keep going until you get really good and then keep going still and get even better catch you next time guys